Hey everyone, it's Paul Durham, and welcome to Telling Lies to Children. It is summertime here in New England, in New Hampshire, in particular where I am, and uh, it's getting hot, which is a good thing, and that also means it's time for summer reading. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that uh, my next middle grade book called The Last Gargoyle won't be out until January 9th, 2018, um, but to make those six months go by quicker, for some fans out there, I'm actually going to be giving away ARCs, advanced reader copies, uh, of The Last Gargoyle all summer long. So June, July, and August, I'll be giving away a copy of uh, The Last Gargoyle in advanced reader form. Um, how can you win a copy? Well, uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, you can either follow me on Twitter, that's at Paul Durham Books. You can follow me on Instagram, at Paul Durham Books. Or you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, like me on Facebook. I'll, let, I'll give you three guesses. You'll probably get in the first one. It is at Paul Durham Books. Um, or alternatively, you can sign up for my uh, newsletter on my website. That's pauldurhambooks.com. Uh, uh, click the box where it says sign up for the newsletter. Uh, all of those ways will have you entered uh, in the drawing, which I'll have on June 30th for the first copy, first advanced reader copy of The Last Gargoyle. And uh, if you do all four of those things, terrific, there's four chances to win. So uh, on to today's episode. Uh, today, uh, I am joined by my friend and fellow middle grade author, Dana Allison Levy. Uh, she's back for her second appearance on the show. We had uh, such a good time the first time. She agreed to come back and do it again. Uh, Dana, uh, her brand new book, uh, her middle grade book called This Would Make a Good Story Someday. Uh, it's about a family uh, road trip, uh, actually on a train. Uh, and it is out now. And we actually managed to stay on topic and talk a little bit about her book, which was great. Uh, of course, we also went off topic and talked about things like the uh, uh, habits of uh, parasites um, and some other uh, more topical things like her writing process and in particular how she outlines her work. Uh, we just really had a great time. I always have a great time chatting with Dana, whether we're on uh, the microphone or not. So uh, thank you all for joining us on Telling Lies to Children and pick it up with Dana Allison Levy right after the introduction. Shh. Are the kids gone? Good. It's time for Telling Lies to Children with me, your host, Paul Durham. This is a first-of-its-kind podcast, one hosted by a children's author, that's me again, but intended for adults who live and breathe children's literature. That's you. Whether you're a librarian, a media specialist, a teacher, or a parent, we all work with children every day. But sometimes, it's nice to talk like adults with adults who share our love of children's books and publishing. I'll be chatting with editors at the world's biggest publishing houses, literary agents, award-winning authors, booksellers, librarians, and even young readers. Join me and my guests as we give you a candid, behind-the-scenes look at children's publishing, the business of telling lies to children. But only the best kinds of lies, of course. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show.
So Dana, you're back. You're the first person who's making a repeat appearance. I'm so oh. honored by that. I'm so psyched. You were I so fun last time. I think it's because I talked about all the weird cat facts, and you clearly had an interest in weird cat facts, and so we, you know, and, and a, to cover. Yeah, so I've come up with like parasite facts now. You know, you know anything about parasites? <laughs> <laughs> like 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 zombie no. ants? And, no, you want, oh, want to cover those? No, although I is that the one that in, injects a venom that like. That into like, like a cockroach paralyzes well the ants yeah it takes, and then and then they like eat eat them like while they're kind of dead but i mean alive but still paralyzed and, yeah 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 and then there and then there's a wasp that takes over the body of like a cockroach and like, makes it and animates it yeah and makes animates it, it yeah that's it's like, some it's, crazy yeah, stuff yeah it's wild that's a picture yeah. book for a very specific audience <laughs> <laughs> yes. like yeah. think about it though that yeah. could be an amazing picture book it would be if it were handled sensitively and oh, I don't know about that. Just be like a, Edward Gorey. <laughs> you could just make a full-blown like horror, like Halloween yeah, book with you the really could with the zombie wasps or whatever. Actually, you know what? A non-fiction horror book for kids about things that are true, not like the horrible things that are happening in the news, but like horrible things that happen in nature right. would be pretty fascinating. Right. And I bet it would be a big, a good audience. I actually just got an arc of a friend's book that's um, a non-fiction kids book about poison through history, and yeah. it's like. There's okay, but, so cats. But you know toxoplasmosis, yes, right? Yes, the and, reason and, that for two years I didn't have to scoop the cat You're right, you stayed out of the cat mm-hmm. litter box. Um, well, apparently they've recently done a study where they have determined that this parasite, that's the mm-hmm. whatever it is in the toxo, toxoplasmosis thing, yeah. um, it basically, the only place that that can live is in the gut of a cat. That's the only place it can grow and really? reproduce. In the whole world, in the whole. Yeah, that's where. Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so. But what it has to do is it has to find its way into the somehow into the body of like mice and rats so mm. that it can get into the cat's bodies. Yeah. But what the, but they did a study on rats and mice and they discovered that these parasites actually get in them and they change their brain chemistry, and it takes away their fear of cats. Oh my god. That's like how they've like adapted. <laughs> so it actually it's gets so in. Hunger Games. It's not even yep. funny, yep. really. Yep. And and then the really freaky part is they say that there's almost more than I'm like half tempted to start taking yeah. notes because I feel like this is amazing. So apparently more than and of course I'm probably I I would only assume that maybe perhaps twenty percent of this is right. The, yeah. yeah. I check so fact, fact check me. Before I throw but it out there. apparently they 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 think that there's probably at least maybe fifty percent of people around the world, not necessarily in, in America, but around the world who mm-hmm. are somehow have it in them. Yeah. Well, um, cats. And the study they've been doing, they they have determined that it may be having effect on people too, and sort of like tweaking their like sort of brain chemistry you when know, it comes to like the stuff that keeps you like more reserved and less risk averse and stuff like that. That is fascinating. So those of us who've had cats since we were kids. Who knows? That's why you're so wild and crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) It is. Explains a lot. Um, Well, that's fascinating. And the fact that it changes the prey, basically, to be like, cool, a cat's here. I'll just wander out. I mean, that's that's some intense... Because they have to get, they have to find a way into the cat's stomach. And it's like, well, let's get to the, yeah, let's get to what they eat. Wow. Um, That's intense. Yeah. So parasites are pretty, you know... Is this for your new book? No. Really? I just listen to, I, I listen to a lot of weird podcasts. I guess so. I have a lot of time on my hands. I guess yeah. so. How's that deadline coming? Not so good. Yeah. I think well, it was a couple of months ago. Oh. oh. Um, well, you know, nothing nothing like being under the gun to yeah. spur some. Yeah. No, some it's, but it's, it's, it's more fun. It's more fun. Sometimes yeah. research is more fun than... That is than, true. Than the actual, the actual writing. I have to say, I think often of the last time we talked about this, and I talked about how I outline, and I tend to have a, a pretty solid outline, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a linear writer. I start at the beginning and work to the end. And you said, you know, you really don't like to outline. And as you said, the one book you did, 
because it was complicated and you were figuring out plot stuff that was the most boring for you to write. Yeah. And that you were bored because you knew what happened. And, what was and that, happen. that has been in my mind numerous times since then because I I can't quite fathom. I feel like I'd go off the rails so fast um, and I'd wind up, you know, with 180 pages that like meandered nowhere. And I would, I mean, you know, it might be better. I might have to write 400 pages to get 200 pages. To get pages, 200 maybe. Um, yeah. Or 100. Um but it is fascinating to think about if I didn't know what happened next. I, I think about I think about you saying that a lot because I always know what happens next. That's so it. Yeah. See, I so I always have an I, I usually have an ending. Like I know how mm. it's going to end. I know where it's going to start. And then yeah. I have a couple like scenes I like. But it's really like I get like the setting and I get a couple characters. I'm like, all right, well, how are you going to get me there? And mm. then I kind of let them go. Yeah. Um, I think your way is probably. Uh, better for meeting deadlines. And it's probably, efficient. I will yeah. say I'm an efficient writer. When I have an outline, I can crank out, you know, a 60, 70,000 page, uh, page, nice, 60 to 70,000 word book in, you know, easily four to six weeks. Um, that's a pretty oh, solid that is first that draft. Is, that is nuts. I could um, I could never do that. And it would yeah. be a draft that's reasonable um, yeah. if I have a good outline. Now, twice in my, both the book that just came out and, and a draft of a YA that I'm still fighting with, I had a bad outline. So mm -hmm. I had an outline and I wrote it pretty quick, but then it, it really wasn't, it was like a, you know, faulty, faulty base for the, for the pyramid and everything kind of tumbled down and I did have to do a fair bit of rewriting, but that's, that's, you know, of the, I don't know, seven or eight t books that I've written, not all that have been published, right. but that I've finished it to completion. That's two that really fought back from the outline stage and all the others, you know, stayed the course and, and really weren't materially different from the very first outline to the finished product. There's not that much deviation, even if you looked at the, the family Furnival, which is what the Fletchers were at first, at first okay. um, to the, you know, and that was pre-agented, pre-published, whatever, um, to what was published was not, not that different. Um, so what do you include in your outlines when you do them? Like what level of detail do you, do you include some dialogue in there? Do you just outline the scenes? dialogue. Or? I include, so I, the way I tend to map out a book is I use a little bit of, a, a mishmash of tools. So you know the Save the Cat book, which mm -hmm. is a screenwriting screenplay book, but offers some good, useful yeah. insight on how to map out a story and sort of where your inciting incident needs to happen and where the hero needs to make a choice. And that's always tricky because I use it, but my stories, as discussed before, and here's my big promotional hit: nothing ever happens in my books. But in Dana, Dana, Dana's back, really, uh, really, yeah. <laughs> really, really <laughs> with her. I see she's polished her sales pitch yes. since last time. But they're, but they're <laughs> thoughtful and humorous. But there's not. I mean, there's not. When you say like the do or die moment, usually nobody's doing or dying. Yeah, usually no it's death. a smaller. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are smaller stories. They're slice of life, everyday stories mm -hmm. about school and friendship and whatnot. So. So I have to translate that idea mm -hmm. to something much quieter um, and much more subtle, but but still the idea is, is the same, which is that, you know, your protagonist, your hero is, is disappointed, is concerned, feels that whatever her goal is, whether that's, you know, coming in first in the spelling bee or saving the planet, you know, it's, it's not within reach and, and it's all going downhill and it's sad. Um, so I use that to kind of put some markers on, like where things start to happen in the story. And then, um, and there's a couple other tools as well that similarly, you know, I use. And then, and I do pretty brief character sketches, but the biggest piece that I need to know for my characters are their flaws mm -hmm. because that will inform how they screw up right. and that will inform how everything happens. Yeah. Um, so that's a big piece of it. And then when I do an out, a chapter by chapter outline, um, 
often my books are multiple points of view, like the Fletcher book. So that's one piece. So it might be bulleted. So chapter four, um, setting, you know, uh, shipped in lower elementary school, uh, POV, Jack's um, plot, uh, overhears a conversation with his best friend insulting his brother. Uh, and then I usually have either my last two bullets are either emotion as in what am I aiming for? Is this hurt, sad, you know, excited, whatever. And that's sort of my guidepost for what I'm trying to put in that chapter or often with the books I write funny, right? Like what's going to be funny in this chapter? What, where am I going to infuse humor in this? And so I have chapter one through 28 or whatever it is in the train book and this would make a good story someday it was it was interesting because it's her journal and then there's mishmashes of um of other things so her mother's blog or or writing notes i should say her sister's blog postcards that ladybug is sending home to her younger sister ladybug sending home that are always these sort of funny all caps missives um so it wasn't traditional chapters anymore so in that case when i outlined it i had to you know be a little looser and what you know, what was, I had to just chunk it out by, first it was by train, because she takes three different trains. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, and they had such great names. I mean, that was part of why I wanted them on the train in the first place. There was the Crescent, there's the city of New Orleans, mm -hmm. and there was the uh, Southwest Chief, and then finally they were on the Coast Starlight up the California coast. I love these names. Now, now do you have, I mean, do you have a, a passion for trains or you're a train? No. I just, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I like trains. I think mm -hmm. trains are great. I think trains are a great way to travel, and part of what I knew I wanted to have this road trip, mm -hmm. um, and I realized if they were in a car, they're alone. Yeah. And that's yeah. a problem. Right. Um, there's nobody to talk to but the same five characters, and that's annoying for me and everybody else. Mm -hmm. So on a train, more people can exist. There can be, um, yeah. it's fluid, it's open, it's suddenly you're in a, you know, in a public space, and then much more can happen. Right. Um, and I do think trains are pretty cool. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I, li I, like, I like trains. I mean, I, you know. I don't, I'm not like a train guy. No, I'm not a train nerd. I'm yeah. not like somebody who yeah. knows a ton about it, although I'm somebody who knows more than I did. And I will say right. of all the, of all the dumb rookie mistakes I have made as a writer, not going on a cross country train trip and writing it off as a tax <laughs> deduction was probably my single biggest one. Like, I mean, that's. Right. Why we do this? I mean, even if you don't go cross country, at least go like yeah, take a little train. Go down right? to New yeah, Orleans right. or something, and yeah. and you know, and and records sleep in one of those roomettes. And mm -hmm. I mean, I did so much research, and I, and I think I nailed it. I think I really, you know, got the the experience. Mm -hmm. But like, what was I thinking? Were you? I don't were, know why you, I didn't do it. Well, did, were you, well, hopefully when you. Um, when you set a book in Paris or somewhere like well, that. Well, funny yeah. you should say that. That's I, an excellent I, Well, I have no. tried drafting a YA, okay. so I took that trip a few years ago, and that okay. was a tax write-off. But yeah. I haven't actually managed to finish the right. book, so if the IRS is listening, maybe they could just give me a little more time. Okay, I'm doing the best I can. Uh, and then there was the Nepal trip when I went to oh, uh, that's right. tracking in Everest. Yep. And that is a YA that I've been um, working on and will get back to for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And that was also um, partly a tax yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, you're so well, you know, you're so well traveled. I mean, that's, I, that's great. Yeah, I do enjoy it, and I do like books. I mean, I, I like, I very much like books that use setting to inform the story. Yeah. Um, and whether that's a made-up setting, mm -hmm. like in your books, or whether it's the train, you know, trip across the country, which was, you know, very much informs that book. Um, 
it's it's more fun. I mean, do you get nervous about like so when when it's because being on a train is such a big part of the book? Do mm-hmm. you get nervous about accuracy? Like you're gonna having not gone on the cross country train trip, do you get nervous that you're gonna screw something out and some screw something up and some train nerd out there is gonna call you on it? It's it's always a possibility. I um because you know there'll be one in that classroom that you go and visit, yeah, right? Yeah, there probably will. I so there were several really great books like travel guide books, mm-hmm. you know, across the country by train, across yeah. North America by train, and um, they have really long, <laughs> accurate descriptions of, you know, if you're on the Southwest Chief and you're stopping, you know, look out your window between so-and-so and so, and you'll notice a mesa in the shape of a, <laughs> da, 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 this is actually the site of a, so I'm, you know, I'm using these books as a guide. Yeah. Amtrak also has these great um, trip guides on their website that are all free, and they're, they're route guides that um, talk about the the history of the trains, you know, the, the Southwest chief or the city of New Orleans and same type of thing. They'll say like, you know, between this stop and this stop, you're going to see, you know, such and such. And so in the book all throughout is this Sarah Johnston Fisher is the main character. And so in her journal, she copies down the fun facts that the train guides share with her. Fun fact, this, you know, such and such is known as the Camellia capital of America. And then she annotates with her own not so fun facts, which is, you know, that she can't believe her life is such that she thinks that the Camellia (laughs) capital of America is worthy of notice. Um, So it's, you know, but those were all true, I believed, to the best of my knowledge. But then the um, Delacorte's fact checker got in, and there were a couple times where she's like, you know, it seems that there were 1,348 killed in that, you know, flood of 180-whatever. And I was like, well, it, that's between you and the Amtrak guide, and I will defer to whoever knows more. And But I wound up in the author's note at the end, citing and thanking, you know, these great books that I had read and saying, yeah. you know, before any of you swear on your life that any of these fun facts are true, although mm-hmm. they should be mostly true, I would recommend doing a little research. Yeah. Just as a little cover your ass maneuver on right. my part because you never know. Yeah, right. Well it's nice that um, you had the you had the Delacorte fact checker step in and do I that. was sort of surprised, honestly, that that there was that attention to detail. Um but but she she was checking them. Yeah. She was on the job. I had a similar experience and I was I was stunned. Like some so somebody what my my new book coming out set in Boston uh, is set in Boston. And even, and even though it's, uh, you know, this even, is the contemporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though it's sort of, it's sort of like a fantasy, spooky thing, it's, yeah. it, there are real places. Oh. And one of them came back and was like, "Oh, we looked up in this cemetery, and it was." Uh, uh, they only refer to the grave as James Otis, not James Otis Jr. <laughs> I mean, but like little stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, if you actually go, you know, this is what the tour guides go." But I'm like, you know, that's fine. Yeah, that's if that stick. makes you, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, uh, but it was helpful. Like, it was actually, it was actually they it caught is. some stuff that was useful yes yeah. i would agree and similarly there were a few i mean none none that were central to the plot and none that i imagine many right. kids would care but right. um you know i mean anytime you're putting facts in books it's nice if they're not fake right um <laughs> so unless you're making up fake stuff and right. then then you call it fake and that's not right. the same as real right um Although it's it's hand, it's hand, it's handy it's handy to take some creative license with you know there are obviously situations where that you need to maybe massage the, massage the de- like I I'm pretty sure that Boston subways uh, don't have a third rail. 
but I but I okay. used it, but I or at least not the one the particular one that I included in mine. So, but I'm like, you know, what? I need I need must it, how third else rail. Don't subways have a third rail? No, I don't think so. I think well, I think so, a lot of them do, no. but I think there's other ways that they're powered. They don't yeah. actually have the actual rail that you could step on and get incinerated. Yeah, yeah. well, which they're is lost. yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> hey, it's not a whole lot of fun. Of yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. I I agree. Sometimes you have to play a little fast and loose, but I you know I did for purposes of the story. Um, you know, try to keep it, okay, if it takes that many hours, you know, okay, this train, the Southwest Chief actually gets into Greensboro, or the, you know, the, the Crescent Line gets into, you know, Greensboro at four in the morning, so mm-hmm. that's going to inform the plot, like, I can't really, I mean, I could, in theory, they leave New York, they could get there at 10 a.m., but they don't, yeah. and so, you know, that changed what happened next, because they were staggering off the train at 4 a.m., and not a civilized hour, and everybody was a mess, and right. so stuff like that, I tried to keep accurate, um, as much as I could, because I just figured it's more authentic that way. Um, so this is so fun. so uh, this would make a good story someday. Mm-hmm. I got to write this down. You right? did, yeah, right. You did. Um, this is your third book. This is my third book. Third published novel. Yeah. So you are now. This is the third time where you're going through the process of the signings and the and, and creating this new baby and introducing it yeah, to the world how does yeah. it how does it compare to the first couple well, we, i think we've talked about what that first experience is like because yeah first it's sort of surreal kind of, yeah. yeah it's surreal and wonderful and it, it's just for me at least it was such a it wasn't even i wouldn't even say it's a dream come true because mm-hmm. it's certainly something i always wanted to do and i was very proud of but it um it's not even that it was an arrogance that i felt like i knew it would happen someday it was more like look, this is a job. If I, you know, if I push and I learn and I take rejection and I take criticism and I keep doing it, I will get there. Um, you know, I won't necessarily get JK Rowling levels of famous. I won't necessarily make a million dollars. I won't necessarily, you know, hit the New York times bestseller, but I will publish a book if I put my shoulder to it and just Mm -hmm. keep trying. That being said, there were times where, and I said this to my kids, I said, I might decide to stop trying. I yeah. might decide that it's not worth it, that it's too much work, and that I need to put my energy in other places, and that would be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a reasonable thing. But, um, but to you know, it is it is a business, and mm-hmm. I'm savvy enough about the business, and I knew, and I'm a good enough writer that I can pay attention to what I should be doing. So I always felt like it was possible. I just, you know, I also think it's possible that I could train and run the marathon. Yeah. I won't. Right. Because I don't want to enough. Yeah. It would right. hurt and be distressing and I won't bother with mm-hmm. that because it would just not be worth it to me. But this was worth it to me. Yeah. Um, so, so that was, you know, that was book one and book two, um, was fun because um, because people other than my family were excited about the book. Right. Um, you know, not that many, right. but, but still all, anybody. But still I yeah, mean, I did a local nice. signing for my second book, yeah. um, a, a book launch party, and I didn't know everyone in the audience, and I was like, hot That's damn. Isn't like, that a nice feeling? Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. there were like four, but still four people showed up. Four people were in the like, world, but oh otherwise. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And we're like, you wrote the Fletchers. We love the Fletchers. We're here. And that was just mm-hmm. beyond cool. Um, and now with the new book, it's it's interesting. Part of, you know, so there are two Fletcher books and then this new book, which is a standalone. And I would say that the second Fletcher book is also a standalone. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, it's called a companion novel. It is. I mean, it's its own story. It stands on its own. And this yeah. would make a good story someday. Certainly is its own story and stands on its own, although it's it does play in the same sandbox, you know, because yep. it's a minor, very minor character from book one. Right, and, you have your you Easter know. egg in there. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. which is fun for me. It's just like a lot of what I do is to entertain myself, honestly. You have to, because um, it's a lot yeah, of, uh, of 60,000, 70,000 words. You need, to, you need to amuse yourself. Um, 
but you know, a lot, I, I have this kind of, well, this is not my favorite thing to even admit, but so a lot of girls love the family Fletcher books mm -hmm. because they're family stories and there's nothing particularly ungirl about it. It's about siblings and about friends and about summer right. and about whatever. Um, this new book is mostly girls. There is a fairly major secondary character, Travis, who's a boy who mm -hmm. she meets on the train and she's like all kinds of uninterested in dealing with until they eventually, of course, spoiler alert, become friends. Yep. Um, and he's a pretty, he was actually, he's from Texas and he's funny and I really enjoyed writing him. Um, but but it's, it's, it's Sarah and her sisters and her moms. So we got a lot of girls. Yeah. And even though I believe truly and I know empirically from the kids I know when I do school visits and my own kids and my own kids' friends, boys can read and love girls' books, books mm -hmm. that have girls as protagonists. My concern was, wow, I wonder if Fletcher, kids who are like, mom, mom, let's get the new book, the new Fletcher book. Oh, it's not a Fletcher book. It's the, this would make a good story someday. It's, yeah. And would, would the parents say, oh, this one's a girl story. Maybe we shouldn't get it. Would the kids say, oh, it's about girls. I don't want to read it. Or would... Or would it not matter because the kids who are saying, I love the Fletcher books, she wrote this, let's get it. Um, and I don't know. It's only been out a couple weeks, if that. I don't even know. And um, I, I certainly know of families with boys who have pre-ordered it, who are excited mm -hmm. for it, who are waiting for it, who are right. going to read it. Um, but I really had that thought that, like, wouldn't it be a bummer if all these, you know, families and kids who... We're expecting we're something expecting, else. Yeah, yeah. And, we're, and it's not... And the other thing is, you know, honesty compels me to say... It is girlier yeah. than the Fletchers is boyish mm -hmm. in that she's 12. It's very much intended to be tween voice. She and her friends have this reinvention project they're trying to do where they want to start middle school new and improved. And it, it's not just a makeover. It's, you know, they want to learn a foreign language. They want mm -hmm. to, like, come up with a signature cause that they raise money for, each one of them. And But they also, she wants to dye a streak of her hair blue. And, you know, there's sort of right. fashion elements as well. And, um you know, my 15-year-old son read it a year and a half ago or whatever, and he said, this is my favorite book you've ever written, Mom. Well, that's great. I mean, and, that's, so that's you know, right there. So that that's, felt yeah. like, okay, that's a good sign. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So, but it is strange because, and you're, you're going to experience this momentarily, if not already, which mm -hmm. is that you've written Luck Uglies, yep. and you're known for Luck Uglies, and they have a certain feel and vibe and yep. wonderful, um, fantastical element, and you've done something different. Yeah. Um, and this isn't even that different. The only real difference, I mean, because they're both slice of life realistic. Um, this one is first person. Um, but but like the Fletchers encompasses lots of other voices, you mm -hmm. know, through notes and postcards and whatever, which was a part of the Fletchers that was always really fun to write and yeah. which was fun to add into this in a, lar a larger element. Um, but it is. You know, what I don't want is some poor, you know, nine-year-old with a disappointed face being like, I didn't like this one as much as the Fletchers. And that, you know, that's always your fear, with, yeah. I think, with a third book, with a fourth book, with a whatever, when you move into new territory, um, will a, I disappoint my right. fans? Right. And I use that word a little bit ironically. Right. No, but it's, but it's, I mean, and you do have fans. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's inevitable yeah. um, that, that some of them may be disappointed. But right. Unless you're writing book 16 of the Fletcher series, yeah. like the mm -hmm. Wimpy Kids or like whatever, at which right. point, you know, you probably, you know, even if parents are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's another in this, mm -hmm. you know, the kids are pumped. They want more of the same, you know, so that's, that's the risk. And then, um, you know, but but, but I, I hope it I hope it's well served. We'll see. But you're you know Dana, and I would assume you're. I, I know that you're not the type of author who's going to want to do that though. You're not going to want to. You're not going to be satisfied as a writer 
right. regurgitating the same right. thing. I'm going to want it. I mean, you're going to want to you're yes. going to want to evolve and spread your wings and write, tell new stories, and mm-hmm. probably tell whatever story is is the most compelling at mm-hmm. a given moment in time. Because right. who, who wants? Although in your case, it only takes four to six weeks with a good outline, right? But, but who wants to spend <laughs> well, that's some first draft? Right. Nobody, no, I know. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. But but who wants to spend so much? Who wants to spend so much time on something that you don't that you're not right. that's not speaking to you in some way? Right. No, uh, and that's true. And I think that's um, that's really key is figuring out. You know, there are, in a way, being an author is like one cosmic choose-your-own-adventure. Because, I mean, with any story, any story, any plot line, any sort of basic, you know, boy goes off on a quest, uh, girl wakes up and finds her entire village has, you know, disappeared in the night. Whatever it is, there's a million ways you can then slant it. It could be a comedy. Mm -hmm. It could be a sweeping epic where the world has to be saved. It could be a very quiet, introspective, psychological story. It could be... You know, there's and so even once you have this idea in your head, or at least for me, it's like, ooh, there's so many different ways to proceed, and yeah. and every choice you make, like a choose your own adventure, closes off other avenues. It's like, ooh, this is definitely skewing younger, so that's going to change what's going to happen next. Did I mean to have it go that young? Maybe, but it, now that's where I'm at. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll follow that path a little longer and see what I end up with. And um, so a lot of times when I have a, just the beginning glimmer of an idea, I am a little frozen by where could, you know, which direction, which of the hundreds of thousands of infinite numbers of ways this story could exist in the world is the most interesting to me right. um, and the one I most want to tell. And that's that can feel paralyzing sometimes. Right. Well, let's see, I mean, it would seem like in the case of in the case of your books, I mean, the common element, while, you know, one might be more. There are more boys, one might have more girls. It's humor, right? Yeah. Humor, you know, humor is yeah. a common element. I think where you know, for you, to, if, when you really branch out, it'll be when you do something that maybe is right. not as humorous. Right. And and, and I'm not, maybe you won't ever do that. Maybe but, I won't ever. No, yeah. I do. And you know, I mean, the the biggest the thing I would like to do, one of many things I'd like to do. But what I'd I'd love to write for for different age groups. I'd love to write YA, mm-hmm. and I'm you know sort of working against that in a in a very, when I think of it every few months, I'm like, oh, crap, I was going to write a YA novel. <laughs> and yeah. then I try to remember what I was working on because middle grade is, I love I love middle grade, and that's where, sort of where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. I also love picture books. I think picture yeah. books are amazing and so challenging because you have so few words yeah. to work with. I mean, in a novel, you can have flabby sentences because mm-hmm. there's you know a lot of room to cover it. When you've got a picture book, every single word... Yeah, it has to be the right yeah. word and that to me is so and and i love i mean really good picture books just are amazing um amazing stories they're almost like poems they're art they're so so that would be a way i'd love to challenge myself and to your point you know those might look really different than what i'm writing in middle grade they look different but you could still do i mean you could, you could still bring you could put your own stamp on them yeah it'll be somewhere yeah and you know or i could not or i could write mm-hmm. you know something that's you know, totally doesn't yeah. feel like, you know, oh, let me put on the the Dana Allison Levy funny, humorous, mm-hmm. contemporary middle grade writer and see what comes out, which is sort of, you know, where I've been, which is not a bad thing because that's, that's something I really love to write. Yeah. Um, and I, I enjoy it. Kids enjoy it. Um, it's a pleasure for the most part. So it's not that's a bad place. But, you know, what would happen if I said, oh, instead of that, let me put on the Dana Allison Levy historical fantasy coat what would it look yeah. like you know would there be humor in it maybe some but that might not be you know the the right. driving piece of it um so anyway it's just fun to fun to think about um and you, the, the great thing is that it's like every year it's a new page right yeah 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 there's yeah. and and it's 
You know, I, I really appreciate, so my career has been, you know, I sold my first book at the very, very end of 2012, like beginning of 2013, and it was a mm-hmm. one book deal. Yeah. Um, and then right before that book came out, I sold the second book. Mm-hmm. So it actually took two years between books to come out because mm-hmm. of the timing of, you know, when the sale was and when the season was. So, but it, it sold within you know, within a year of the first sale around, but it took two years. To did you out. write that one too? Or did you, or did you, did you, did As you write? As opposed to the cats? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Did you, did you write the second book, the second Fletcher book? Is that, cause that's the one you sold, right? The, yeah. You, but you had written it. You had no, written I hadn't complete. written any of it. Okay. I sold it on, on a, uh, on you a know, proposal. like, how about a, yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I, um, um, yeah, I didn't at all. And then the third book sold, but again, that was a one, one book sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third book sold, I think within a month or two of when that second book was coming out again mm-hmm. and again, and that time it was an open contract. So they just said, we want a, another contemporary humorous middle grade from you. Yep. You don't know what yet. We don't know what yet, but let's do this don't thing. Slot it. Yeah. Um, and so, which was, uh, I'm not sure I want to do that again, honestly, because it is hard to then, you know, you've got a check, you cash it, you go buy things and then you're like, Oh, what am I going to write? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what has happened in each case, because each one's a one book deal and each mm-hmm. one has been with, um, you know, my same publisher and, um, it's been a really organic growth process. Mm-hmm. And obviously I would not say no if somebody were like, we want to give you a squillion dollars and a 12 book deal and say, because that's, you know, that's great. I mean, you know, my kids go to college on it and all will be well. But the flip side is that it's that's not organic growth. That's Mm -hmm. that's a really different scenario. And there is something nice about writing each book when I'm ready, you know, and and I'd like to be I'm on a book a year track. The book that the contract I just signed is for a book that will come out in 2018, probably fall 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, So a little over a year since this one. And um, and, you know, so a book a year is great. And as I said, I'd like to write either YA or picture books somewhere in the mix and could probably because I am a fast writer, do more than one a year if I were, you know, trying to fit into another category, another age group. But it feels like a luxury to let it grow. Yeah. And, um, and I have plenty of friends who have had big deals mm-hmm. and, um, and that's, that's great. And none of them are like, I wish I never took that money, but there, but there, it is hard. It is hard to, to write under that pressure to be locked into a contract with an editor you may or may not like, yeah. um, or that may leave or who may, or who usually does <laughs> yeah. leave. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, it's such a small, the funny thing is that it's like, musical chairs but there's only four chairs so right. if you wait long enough they're probably going to come, come back, back around <laughs> if yeah. you stay they'll it's just if you move and then you know the, right. the pros of probabilities go down down a little but um but it, it you know there is as i said it, there's something nice about allowing um allowing it to happen incrementally and um this year i did a bunch of school visits and i really i so enjoyed it the family fletcher uh has wound up on I don't know, nine or bunch of state ten lists, state right? lists. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm Skyping with classes around mm-hmm. the country and I'm, and I'm going down to some of the, some of the schools and it's just, it's really fun. And again, it's not, this is not fireworks and explosion. The book didn't go viral, but there yeah. are, you know, there are kids in nine states that every school has it in their library yeah. and 
They're talk. They're reading it. They're talking to me. They're writing to me, and it's so fun. Yeah. I mean, because it's fun getting letters, right? Does yeah. it still surprise you when like a letter turns up? Or? Well, yes, in part because the address I use is via my publisher, so they like. Oh, so it takes crawl six months me. later. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. like, oh god, they've all graduated high school. Yeah. Darn it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you have? A, how do you do that? Do you send it I, to your house, or do you have a PO? Box? I have a PO box here in town. Yeah. I should I mean, just it's, it it's cheap. I, I know it's nothing yeah. but inertia. I got the paperwork, and yeah. it, you need like two forms of ID, and I was like, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so the papers are sitting on my desk <laughs> because somehow that was just too much, too yeah. much for me. The two forms of ID were too much for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't now. Now I, I will say I don't check it nearly as like oh, like, no. like weeks will go by and I'll, you better but, hope yeah. nobody sends you brownies or something. Oh, I think I just have a little box. They okay. probably they, I don't think it would make it in can't. there. I didn't. I don't get that much mail. I need the one with the big. Yeah. Yeah. Things. No, I don't. And that, yeah. Well, I was gonna say I don't either at all. Except that, for all I know, they're still sitting at random house. And someone ate the brownies. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're like, those were delicious, and there's a letter in here somewhere. We'll get it to you. Yeah. Um, My favorite letter was from. So the book has been translated into German and Italian already, and French is coming. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a fan letter from Germany from a parent of a kid asking in English, asking for my autograph and enclosing an American dollar bill taped to the page for the stamps. (laughs) <laughs> which was, and that one took a long time to get to me I bet, um, yeah. but I was I have to say I did not spend the dollar I had I still have it taped on the letter because it cracked me up I was like that is pretty funny yeah, I keep that only. yeah yeah um so that was pretty cool. Those are cool. Have you ever have you skyped uh, internationally yet? Have you I skyped? Haven't. That's really no, fun. You should that try would it. Be. Yeah. Although like, right now I guess Italy and Italy and uh, Germany, mm-hmm. neither of which have languages that I speak. And but a lot of them might a lot of them might speak English. Like so, I, so. Have you been skyping in English with international? Well, I, yeah. Speakers? So well, I have. I, I skyped. Uh, it's like the like the American high school, uh, not high school, elementary school yeah, yeah. in Krakow, Poland, which was oh, really cool. Cool. Um, and they were the kids were bonkers about it over there. I mean, they yeah. were they were they were awesome. And I've done some in the UK, which obviously the language isn't a problem. Yeah, there mostly. Um, I've been tra- I'm getting translated into weird languages like Norwegian. Not that they're weird, but like Norwegian. Don't don't get, don't get I'm, I'm meaning you guys you guys aren't weird but I mean not that they're listening anyway. <laughs> Norway on behalf of America yeah. I apologize yeah, for, apologize for me calling you weird. No, they, they are awesome. It is a weird language. It's an it's it's in it's also an unusual um, right, it's territory not, it's to have not it translated German, into. Spanish, Italian, French, which yeah. are kind of the more common. Yeah. And Portuguese. then the, and then my other one is is Turkish uh, and they're doing French. <laughs> So, I love that. But isn't it? That's so cool. Yeah, it's just like it's just. Now I haven't seen the. I haven't. I've I've seen the the Norwegian books. Uh-huh. I haven't seen the Turkish ones yet. Yeah, I'll be curious to see the covers. Yeah. yeah. The German covers for mine were fantastic, and um, and it's like all the the kid the family's heads in a circle, kind of, including the two dads and dad as opposed to papa i know papa not dad has a giant orange beard and you just know he has lederhosen like it is so magnificent i love it so much i have to say and the italian one is funny because it's photographs it's and it's kind of it's first of all the title is uh quattro ragazzi e due papa so literally four guys and two dads like they are literally about this yeah they are not like the family such and such and then the cover is also quite literal it's four photographs like kind of photoshopped onto like a red background and you know one is holding a soccer ball and one is like a white kid with glasses and a book and one is um i don't know i don't remember how frog looks he's this little guy but um but there are photos, which are so you never see that on middle grade books in yeah. the U.S. I think yeah. um, not, and actually that's not an accident. I think um, 
a, a large book selling company who I won't mention has actually, but who commands quite a lot of um, heft in the marketplace has said that they do not want books with photographs on middle grade. They want that for YA and they want illustrated hmm. for middle grade. And they pretty much have turned and said, like, we won't be putting it out there. Yeah. Which I thought was fascinating. I would not, I didn't really understand that. And, you you know, obviously if you, every once in a while somebody breaks that rule and gets away with it. But in general, that was the... Yeah, I can't think of any offhand, I guess. If I, if I, I was really trying to think, tried um, to... well, like Counting by Sevens, which has like the Swedish fish and the goldfish, or the Swedish fish and the fish in it. It's not a photograph. Like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but it's... But it's, it, that is a, that's an unusual middle grade. Um, yeah, anyway. it's, it's so it's so refreshing when they actually do something different other yeah. than the, yeah, let's put the, you know. Yeah, and again, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, at the school visits I recently did, I and actually I have a whole workshop about covers that I do, which I really mm -hmm. love to do, but um, I never get to because I'm usually just doing the one assembly as yeah. opposed to like the fun hands-on workshops. Ones. But, um, yeah. but, you know, I tell them, you know, I ask how many of you think I drew my cover and a bunch of hands go up right. and, you know, how many of you think that I chose my cover and a bunch of hands go up and I was like, nope. Yeah. You know, we have no control, and furthermore, a lot of artists hate their covers, and we yeah. just do the best we can with it. And here's the thing: that's marketing. That's what they think you will like, and they might be right, and they might be wrong. Um, but then I tell them they should all make new covers for the books. They yeah, like. that's a good idea. Um, yeah. And I don't know how many uh, do, but I should. I, I, you doing okay on time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm actually I'm good. Good. I um I do a thing with covers where I show them the UK cover side by side, mm -hmm. with, and then I just do a survey because like yeah. the, the the UK covers of my books are much more YA like. Uh -huh. They they almost look they're they really look almost more photorealistic. Oh, interesting. Um, and it, them. yeah, and inevitably it's fifty fifty. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So I I, I guess that proves that the publishers don't, don't really yeah know. no yeah, yeah yeah i think that's i think we yeah. both knew that was true though. right but yeah there's there's no that's not a uh, we're not revealing any great secret there yeah. by. <laughs> headline publishers don't know everything about yeah. what children want yep and there's if there are any publishers listening they're gasping right now I they, know. they can't believe I know. that that's it career limiting move clm right there that paul spilling our secrets and insulting Norway, all in one podcast. Who else can I offend? I know. <laughs> oh, let's get started. No. Yeah, I know. We haven't really started, yeah, yeah. Haven't really started we'll, on that. We yet. won't, though. Yeah. Won't, yeah. We won't talk about, our, won't talk about the, the hostile review. review. It, I, have, I actually I don't get very many hostile reviews. Um, I got one. I got one like one trade star. review, or are you talking? Oh about, no, like, not, no, like like the like oh, the Amazon one. Yeah. I, I can't. I don't even look. At the well, I have one. like a solid handful of the like. Do you have any idea how depraved this book is? It was compared to the Penderwicks, <laughs> but do you realize that this is a wholesome? You know, this is supposed to be a wholesome book, and it's a homosexual family. Yeah. And it's like, well, we were never going to see eye to eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, you yeah. know, those bring down my overall ratings, but they're not. You know, they don't exactly sting because. It's a bitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, we're never. Yeah, I didn't have a fighting chance with you. So. Yeah. Yeah. The bitter homophobe wasn't gonna be lining yeah. up to yeah. <laughs> the next no. signing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I uh, otherwise, I mostly avoid both Goodreads and Amazon because I feel like nothing good. I mean, if I read a great one, it's not really gonna buoy me. No. And if I read a terrible one, it definitely will leave a bad taste well, in my it, mouth. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Except for those. I mean, the ones that are like, you know, have a anti-gay agenda doesn't whatever yeah. so there's a big bird it might just be a gull but it was a particularly big one it's off it just flew over the roof anyway sorry this we're looking out at a really lovely river scene which is better than the last time where we were looking out at a pitch was it black pouring and gross river yeah scene. <laughs> yes i think it yeah. was you know it was just 
We're at, Winter. Water, we're at like Water Street Bookstore. We're at, this is like we a, are at Water Street is, Bookstore. This is like the third podcast I've recorded here. I love yeah. this bookstore. And it's a great spot back here that they have to do this. But yeah. um, I do a um, I do a, a, a what will soon be an annual Halloween podcast with Alice and Jill, where they nice. they share all their favorite like scary books for Halloween. Pretty soon it'll be the Parasite. Yes, I horror well, novel. Well, you can ha- you can have that one. If you, we were talking about you spreading your wings and trying something different. Yes. If you want the parasite horror novel, it's all yours. Did were we on air when we talked about the parasite and the cockroach? And the I think we just started. Okay. I think that's, I think how, that I think, was our lead-in. Yeah, that's how nice. we kicked, we just kicked. I just kicked off rambling about parasites Perfect. and and toxoplasmosis. Uh, that is Dana Alice Levy talking about cat crap and litter boxes yes, and everything. Yeah. As she knows well, <laughs> intimately well. Oh my gosh. So um so uh, anything any uh, public appearances or events or anything like that good stuff coming up in the immediate I future? Am, yeah, you know, this it does it sounds weird, but it snuck up on me. It's not like I, I, don't I know, know I had to remind you you had a book coming I know, that was awkward. <laughs> um yeah. But in answer to that, like I, I it's just a busy time of year, right, and well, so I'm, yes, and, and there's just yeah. it's busy for me. It's busy in bookstores. I know I'm going to be doing something a um, couple south of here in New Hampshire. I'm going to be down mm-hmm. on the Cape and in Situate, south of Boston, mm-hmm. um, and, and I have to get those up on my website as soon as I know for sure. But that'll be in July and August, and then also at Porter Street, uh, Porter Square Books in Cambridge, either this summer or in September, depending on what we manage to pull off. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to do something up here. I've never done anything at Water Street. You haven't done one here? Mm-hmm. Talk to I'll talk to the bosses. Yeah. We'll do something together. We'll do, like, creepy and funny. Yeah, that would be fun. We should do that. Yeah. I mean... Um, I'd always rather do something with other authors because it's more interesting it's, for it me. It can be, yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's more interesting for kids because there's more to see and there's do. There's more to see and do. What, and what, then, um, you said your next book's coming out in the fall? Like next, it would probably 18, fall. Yeah, 18. fall 18. And you're coming out this winter. Winter, yeah, like dead of winter. So I, get, I have a January 9th update wow which is complete i was like boy that's really burying in the, in the winter time huh <laughs> yeah, that and, is but a funny time it is a real funny time i was talking so i was talking Why, to my, I, was, I was talking to my agent about it and i was like because i don't particularly he's like he's like actually, actually early january is considered not such a bad time because mm-hmm. it is relatively quiet because mm-hmm. so it makes a bit of a splash makes more of a splash um you're just coming out of the holidays so that People have like their like Barnes and Noble gift cards, gift cards, and, yes. and or their, their Water Street or their Water Street Bookstore, Bookstore gift cards or Jabberwocky, always, yes, or exactly. you know, or the you know, Amazon, all, all the book card, yeah, mm-hmm. all the all that kind of stuff. Um, I just have nightmares of every signing and school visit being snowed out and, uh, and canceled. Um, well, it may be a slow ramp up to like March, April, May when maybe. you get to really be out there. Because yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want to schedule a lot of travel. Well, I just assume just because yeah. you're gonna. You know, you know, every flight's going to be delayed, and it's right. just a hassle. Right, but, um, um, but that's that's interesting. That's exciting. Yeah, I always feel like the time that baffles me is books that come out at the end of the year, like a well, like, like a December, close... or, or yeah, because that's, yeah. you know, I mean, it's almost but, too late to capture the holiday. Push. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I mean, unless it's a yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you know, if you have a, a Christmas centric book or a holiday centric mm-hmm. book, I could see being closer, but. You know, it always kind of makes me unnerved when in September you start seeing the best of lists and you're like, dudes, <laughs> you're missing. Yeah, you're missing ha- yeah. yeah, I mean, there are great. But, you know, right. like if you have an October pub date and you see the best of list in September, right. you're like, oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah. It, and that's almost where like early in the year seems like it's too soon, yeah. too, because you well, get like you get you think sort you of get forgotten. forgotten, although what I'm not really worried about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I but, think it's, um, yeah, I think it makes in a, in a way it's good because it's it is quieter. You can make more of a splash. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you know, I was. I, Will you go on tour for this? 
Um, probably on my own. I mean, yeah. I don't, if I'm going to do it, it yeah. would be, it would be on my own. So we'll see. I haven't, I'm sort of start trying to plan some of that. I've now. never done a book tour other than, you know, when you live in Boston, you're in close proximity right. to 50 great bookstores. And if you, you know, within mm-hmm. two hours. So if I were to call like hanging out with yeah, friends can, up yeah, and down can, the East coast make, going on tour, yeah. um, but that's a little different. And, uh, and I do, I tend to try to do group things um, whenever I can, Yeah. you know, with, with, again, there's so many authors around. Right. Um, and I just think it's, it's more interesting for me. It's a bigger draw. I mean, if, if four people come to see me, but there's five authors on a panel and four people come to see right. each of us, then you have a reasonable little crowd as yeah, opposed can, to four people. Of, of, yeah, um, just having nobody show up. So, um, and yeah. you know, to me, well, it's just more enjoyable. I, um, so okay. like for me, like I like. I like school visits a lot more than bookstore yeah. events. Yeah. Like I do a great event here for every, and I mean, but they're awesome. They're your, local. Home, yeah, yeah. your hometown crowd. Um, and I've had some really good at the, at the Indies. I've had some good yeah. book signings, but for me, I like, I like school visits because one, you have a captive audience. They can't go yes. anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and my two tours I did, I mean, I was, I was super lucky because Harper put him together. Put it together yeah. Um, and, you know, I was so grateful for the experience, but yeah. it's like, it was, it's weird. Cause you, you know, you really have that little taste of being like a rock star for mm-hmm. like a short, like a car service is picking me up picking and me there's up. a it's handler a med- with yeah. water. Who's right. Like, yeah. yeah. A media escort who's like whisking you around oh. and, and, um, but Did it, you ask for M and M's with all the green ones taken out? In your I didn't have any, I didn't have any. I didn't have any writers in my contract. I was like, just put me anywhere you want. I was, yeah. you know, we put me in <laughs> the campground. The I don't yeah. care. Um, but it was it was incredibly, you know, fun. I mean, yeah, it's I, cool. yeah. And the first one I got to go with other people. Yeah. Which was great because I got to, they were more seasoned than mm-hmm. I was, and I could really sort of see how they did it. Yeah. Uh, and then my second round was just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was pretty comfortable by then because yeah. I'd done a bunch of school visits and stuff. Um, but it was great because it, it was. I felt like I, would, I cut my teeth on it, and mm-hmm. I was, and I sort of was able to get that stuff down. Right. Um, so when you did that, would you, was it mostly bookstore events, as in like this Thursday, meet you know Paul, and or would they, would they send you to a school? So it was oh, school. So you would you would blow in on blow in and out of um, anywhere between three and usually about three or four schools a day. Huh. So it was like you would go in, you'd hit your big assembly, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just like a classroom. I mean, it was no, no. you had the gym yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then you were out the door. Right. Like you didn't really even stick around and sign books. Right. They, usually you would show up um, beforehand and just sign the big stack yeah. they had. Um, you go in, do your thing, and then you get out. Yeah. And then you're across town to wherever the next yeah. school is. And then would you do an evening event or something where they'd try to, you know, hope that kids who were like, wow, that was so cool. Let's go to the bookstore tonight and see him or not even. Usually you're on a plane. Yeah. Um, interesting. So that was That's what. So, so there was, yeah, like there was one time where I had. Like I was flying out the next morning, mm-hmm. so there was you like a thing at the bookstore. Yeah, um, and of course you still didn't get a lot of people. Like right. this, you know, I was I was in California, and yeah. it's not like I was all that well known yep. um, in California. So it's not like I had a big crowd that turned up. Yeah, um, and you're also exhausted after doing the school visits. Yeah. You're you're just kind of wiped and you're just, yeah. and. Uh, no, I've always found. I mean, I just was on my last school visit of the year. I was in Connecticut last couple weeks ago, and. Um, and it was, it was, I don't know, 500 kids or whatever. And the, they were all bust in from the various elementary schools to the high school because mm-hmm. I was the only place big enough. And yep. they were they were a particularly great crowd. Yep. I mean, they a ton of them had read it, the first book, and um, it was on the, it's on the nutmeg list. So they mm-hmm. had read it through that way. And they were super, I had just gotten my author copies of the new one. So I like held it up and the kids were yep. clamoring. And, you know, when I did Q&A, you know, there were, for every question I had time to answer, there were probably 50 hands up and people, you know, frantically. And they were... A great mix because usually if they're really exuberant, they're a little hard to 
rein in. Mm -hmm. And if they're really docile, they're a little hard to rev up. And these guys were right there. They were terrific. And um, my contract, the way it worked was that I was doing um, an all school assembly, lunch with a select group at one of the schools, and Mm -hmm. then an informal thing at the library at the end of the day after school got out before I got my car and drove home, which I was, and to your point, I'm sort of drooping and whatever. And, you know, these kids were so, you know, they're, they're, they're bellowing their questions. We're going to be at the library. I want to see you. Two kids. Two kids came. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I get it because it's spring and they're playing soccer yeah, and they're playing lacrosse and they, you yeah. know, our parents are working and the kids are taking the bus home or whatever it is. It's not that easy to get to the library at the end of the day after all that. Yeah. But I mean, here was this audience of just fired up, pumped up kids. Not so much. That, but but and and it was fine because it was still it was still one of the most fun school visits and 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 I get you know I get paid pretty well to do school visits yeah. and and that's um you know because I'm not doing them you know my publisher's not sending me to the travel or whatever mm-hmm. you know I go I go where somebody can pay me to mm-hmm. to come yeah um but I don't I mean very often they won't even sell books oh really yeah, yeah. I mean there are schools that are like we do not want to send something home because there's a large portion of the kids who can't afford it and a mm. large portion who can and it's you know it's just a hard yeah. thing every time so we're not doing that you know we'll we'll make an announcement that they'll have your books at Barnes or, and Noble or, or that you can you know they can write to you and you can sign a bookmark or whatever it is but we're not doing oh, that that's, that's interesting um, yeah and then other times they say you know like so I did a, a couple of days down in Virginia where I was at nine schools in three days to your point mm-hmm. um, you know do my thing, new school, do my thing, new school. And they said, we just don't have time for you to sign. You know, we couldn't, you know, for you to, to sit, you know, finish your thing. And then anybody who pre-ordered a book comes up and signs, we can't get you to the next school in time. And the whole thing goes down. Um, So, you know, you hope that after doing something like that, where I talked to, I don't know, 3000 kids in Mm -hmm. three days or something like that, maybe closer to 5,000, whatever it was, you hope some of them said, mommy, daddy, let's buy, let's yeah, buy these that's books. You, yeah. But, but even if not, you know, it was, it's, it's always good to talk to kids I and mean, it's fun for me. It's a, it's exhausting, but it's a shot in the arm. Yeah. And it, you know, this is such, I said to the, you know, in this most recent school visit when I was saying how great they were to the kids. And I said, you know, how many of you do dance or theater or something? play an instrument and you know a bunch of people raise their hands so when you finish performing everybody claps and cheers mm-hmm. when i finish a book i'm sitting in my cat hair covered pajamas <laughs> alone in my house and yeah. i'm like that's it you know there's no and it and then it goes and it takes six months of revision and then another six months of production and then it gets shipped into the world but i'm you know on to the next thing i don't even really know who's reading it. and then i get to come and talk to you guys right and you like it and it's really fun like mm-hmm. that's like as if I get to take a bow at the end of a play. Yeah. Um, but because it, it really feels like that to me. Like, finally, you get that, like, wow, kids like it. This is really nice. It is really, it's delayed gratification. Yeah, yeah. long delayed. One of, the, one of the, if you can ever get down there, one of the best book festivals I've ever done mm-hmm. was the Miami Book Fair International. Have you ever been? Mm-mm. And um, it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's every year. Yeah. Um, it's one of the largest ones in the country. Yeah. I've certainly heard of it. Yeah. It, 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 it's really great. They, they treat the authors. Of course, I always just, I always just go on and on about the buffet. I mean, they really, treat, they really I mean, they really, treat, <laughs> I mean, they have like a, they have like we a, should have the shrimp. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have, they have, you know, they feed you all day long and you just kind of nice. wandering out of like the author hospitality area. But one of my favorite things about it is that they, um, you know, you'll have a couple presentations that are scheduled in like their mm-hmm. big tent outside mm-hmm. and you know it's just it's huge so you, you always right. have a, a packed house and of course inevitably then they have the 
like no lie the mariachi band right outside the door so like you're competing with like the sound of this band like outside the camp oh my gosh that happened two years in a row but wow. yeah but maybe um, the mariachi band just wanted to hear you that might have been it they, they, they were like, like oh he's back, back. <laughs> he's back let's see um but what's even what's i thought was just terrific was um like the day before or two days before they actually send you out to the schools that are too far away that they can't bus oh, in. Nice. And um, not only do they send you, and a lot of them, they're, they're underprivileged schools, mm-hmm. but they it's underwritten and they buy books for all the kids. Oh, so you awesome. So it's like it's a situation where you're showing up, but it's not like you have to feel like the other kids are buying books and the right. kids who aren't. Right. Um, so like you just show up with like boxes of books for everybody. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and that's that was like that's, just, that, is a really that was cool like, some, just made it but so that, I'm fun. just guessing that's a, one your publisher has to push you to get to. Um, I will say this: the first uh, they reached out to my publisher. The first, uh, yeah, my publisher did something the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, the second year, I was like, oh, "I'll go back." Like, "Oh, well, we don't." Want it. But and then the the book fair went to the publisher and said, "Hey, oh, nice. we want it back." So yeah. the answer is no. It doesn't have to I mean yeah. you just. My publishers, I mean, and I think this is true a lot. They 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 say yes reactively, but not proactively. So oh, chances yeah. are, if yeah. if whenever you know which doesn't happen very often but whenever somebody reaches out to them and says like hey could dana do this usually the answer is yes but if i say hey this is a really great opportunity and i've been in touch with someone and she said i should apply they're like yeah no we're going to put our newbury honor books you know authors in that pocket you Mm -hmm. know that's which which i get i mean it's random house they have a ton of authors there's Mm -hmm. only so much juggling you can do but it but it is interesting to me how willing they are to say yes reactively oh of course like to the yeah, point that yeah. if i probably offline emailed someone and was like how about you email and then you know it's well, like that's it's how like grade to... school like whisper to someone so well, that's how you have to do birthday it party. yeah um yeah which is which is you know and i have a lot of friends who uh go down to ncte am i getting that acronym i think so right? yeah national council of teachers of and educate it's a it's a it's an educators conference, but it's one of the biggest. If your books get used at all, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a definitely a really big deal to get to. And uh, you know, it was interesting hearing a bunch of other author friends talking about how how that process works and how you you know get on that roster. Um, and often, same type of thing. Like it's it's a little bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? pain in the ass. <laughs> well, that is definitely one of the words I'm looking for. But no, it's, it's not sly, but like it's disingenuous. Like yeah. you have to you have to like yeah. you know, sort of run these workarounds and then sort of feta accompli it to your publisher and hope that they're like, "Oh, fine, we'll pay for you to go down." And right. then it's like, you know, living near Boston, I'm like, it's a $238 flight, really? Like yeah. you are random house. This is like your postage for last week's bookmark mailing on the latest jo- anyway. Well, in some in some regards, you really are um because even with the tours I did, mm-hmm. um, you're better off doing everything, not everything on your own, mm-hmm. but you're better off just treating it like you're, you're flying solo, you're mm-hmm. going to do everything, and yeah. then whatever they do, it's like fine. But, um, you know, I learned my lesson with my first book, because mm-hmm. I remember before it was coming out, I was like, hey, you know, do you want me to get in touch with local media? Do you want me mm-hmm. to do this? Oh, no, no, don't worry. You work on the second book. We're going to take care of it. We have, you know, we have our whole formula. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, so now I just realized I... I think any of that stuff, you just have to be an entrepreneur and be like, right. hey, I'm my own marketing person. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I hate it, I'm going to pay someone who's yeah. good at this and let them, yeah. you know, take that on. And yeah, um, no, I think that's I think that's certainly true. Um, but it's a lot of work. I mean, you know, it, so it's, what's your summer? Are you doing any other than writing? Uh, yeah, mostly trying to get this book done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we may get away a little bit, but, you know, 
I don't want to say my life is like a vacation, but I love what I do. So yeah. it's not like I like come home at night and I'm like, oh, I need a vacation. Yeah. It's no, no, I don't. I don't yeah. often take yeah. time off because yeah. you know because I like to write. You right. know, and it's, um, and frankly, whenever we go somewhere, I'm so like wound up for a week and a half beforehand getting getting all ready organized yeah. because you know everybody else is much busier than I am in my mm-hmm. house. Two teenagers and a husband who works at an education nonprofit. And, you know, logs long, long hours. So by the time we go on vacation, I'm like, I need to get some work done, (laughs) you know, and that doesn't feel, it's not like boohoo, like, oh, I'm Mm -hmm. in this beautiful place and I'm going to set up my computer and write for an hour or two. And isn't that nice? So, you know, no, no crying about it, but it definitely doesn't, same way. I rarely feel like I need a vacation unless I've been on deadline and I'm really pushing it at which point I'm like, I'm going to close the computer and walk away and not look back. And that, that happens every once in a while, but not, not a lot. It only works for a few hours, uh, a few hours, a few days for me. And yeah. then and because my brain's always spinning with either, if, even if it's not the book I'm supposed to be writing, it's yeah. another idea, it's yep. something else. It just never, it just never ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know that it's, I'm, I ever completely Are shut it Are you cheating off. on your project with another project right now? Of course. What are you working on? Uh, or is it classified? No, it's not, well, no, it's not classified. I mean, you know, it's um, it's my is I, it I, the YA? It's, it's a YA. Yeah. Um, and How's it's, that coming? Um, it's coming good. I, I, I. I probably wrote almost a hundred pages of it, but then I was like, yeah, I got to go back and write this other, yeah. this other book now. Yeah. Um, but you know, I want to, I want to write it. I don't want to try to, to sell it on a proposal. No, no, yeah. I just, just want to, I just want to write it. Yeah. Um, because it's too hard to, I think it's, it's going to be a book that's too hard to, to pitch just based on me trying to describe it. Well, and it. you're a known entity in middle grade and, and you know, yeah. you can sell on proposal and people are like, Oh, it's Paul. We know exactly he delivers on time and he has this way of writing and this and that. But when you're trying to be in really uncharted territory, yeah. Um, certainly that was, I mean, my agent in general feels like it's better to sell a full book. I mean, it's one thing if I'm writing a sequel and I'm like, okay, same characters, this is the scenario. Great, done, sold. But if I'm, you know, certainly when, with the YA that I'm working on, I mean, she was like, it's so much easier for editors to say no Mm -hmm. to a partial. Um, so, you know, meanwhile, I'm like, can we just send the good parts? It's still kind of a mess. She's like, yeah, no, that's not how we get to do it. Yeah. I, um, I don't know about you. I, so I have, I think. Like I have like a three or four book sort of arc in my head ahead of me, mm. um, and they don't all necessarily fit into middle grade, mm-hmm. you know. So I like I, I sort of so I don't I kind of write like I'm a middle grade author, mm-hmm. but you know I always say I don't write for kids. I write for everybody, mm-hmm. and I sort of have like the next three or four books I want to write. Mm-hmm. Um, at least two or three of them don't fit into that middle grade category. Yeah. category. yeah. Um, some of them are actually adult books. Oh, neat. Um, yeah, so That's I've, the one area yeah, I haven't been tempted in years. I, I did, yeah. you know, long ago in my 20s and 30s, I had a couple of adult books I wanted to write, but but not in a while. Yeah. So that's lot my, to explore in kids. Yeah, no, they're definitely, I mean, that's my roots though. Like that's yeah. where I started. Yeah, yeah. Like I sort of, that's how I first found my way into the grand world of public publishing rejection with uh-huh. writing adult stuff yeah um, good time yeah but no, but there's a, i think there's a part of me that will get back there mm-hmm. um and part of it is it's the stories are like i write a lot as much as my books are like kind of fantasy mm-hmm. and whatever um i'm really big on exploring father-daughter relationships mm-hmm. probably because i'm a dad of two yeah. daughters yeah. and as they get older i think yeah. the stories i want to tell evolve and yep. change like the one like there was there's in my adult book that i wanted to write for a bunch of years it was a concept i came up with when my oldest daughter was, I think, less than a year old. Mm-hmm. I, I was sitting in a, like a rocking chair just holding mm-hmm. her. And um, like a switch went off. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not ready to write this book yet. 
and it's now if the creek yeah. is there, it's get it's starting it's starting to, it's starting to get there, oh, and that's, that's really interesting. Um, and that's one that I'm and I've already actually talked to my agent about this one. We're already, we're already like, yeah, that's a that's the high concept mm -hmm. million dollar idea. Yeah, I'm just not ready to write it yet. Yeah, but I'm getting close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's cool. That is cool. Yeah, that's so neat. Uh, that's cool to have so many. I mean, do you ever feel like? You wish you could pluck the stories out of your brain and just give them, them, give them to somebody else. Yeah, yeah or <laughs> no. put them on paper and let them just like without the labor. Like there are some ideas that they're really fully formed in my brain. Mm -hmm. Like they are a full story. They just have to be written. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have time to write that. Like, can't I just, you know, yeah. matrix it out of my brain or like download it onto a chip or something? You know what I mean? Right. It's just, I don't know. Well, don't it, know it's well, it's, you know, it's what's interesting. So far, all the, the four books that have or shortly will be published were not books that were, um, what I describe as high concept, mm -hmm. meaning that like I couldn't really sum them up right. in a. It's not like the a, Matrix meets yeah. you know Gossip Girl. Yeah, or I couldn't even give you the plot in like a, in a sentence or two. Yeah. Um, I find them getting better with the stuff I'm writing, like that you can actually I'm actually getting to that where I have, it's sort of the high concept ideas mm -hmm. that are easier for everybody to sell and pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, that I'm coming up with, but those are those are the ones that aren't as as fun to write for me. Yeah. Because yeah, it's a great idea, but you know, it for me it's all about the execution right. and and. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Do you um, are you a movie watcher? I'm just I, not really huge. You... I mean, I I like movies and I intend to watch more than I do. But if if we were to talk facts on the ground here, I just don't watch a lot of movies. So the only reason I bring it up is you know talking about sort of the execution and yeah. things like that. Um, I just got around to watching Moonlight last night. Oh, which I have not yet seen, but um, it is like top of my list if I ever sit down and watch. And, and I was sort of like you know because I had you know obviously it won Best Picture mm -hmm. and all that nonsense uh, that happened when it got yeah, yeah, with the award that was yeah, right. But I had, um, you know, some people just, you know, I had some people say, yeah, it's, it's just, but nothing really happened. It was just, Amen. yeah, it was just, yeah, right. <laughs> it was just like, you know, it was just kind of boring. Like there was nothing really. Yeah. And so I start, I just started, I put it on on the lark last night and um, it was, I just found it riveting. I mean, yeah. it was just, it wasn't, and it wasn't, there were no, you know, there's no shootouts and there's right. no, there was no, there was no it's high drama and death. And, yeah. Um, it was just the, you know, the acting and the way the story was told was just so like smart and mm. and clever and and uh like that stuff can be done if it can yeah. be done in hollywood it can be done with kids books absolutely you know <laughs> absolutely i think that's yeah. i think that's so true i think that's so true i mean and you know i really believe that you know telling stories matters now more than ever and that being you know being tasked with being able to tell stories mm -hmm. whatever whether it's adult whether it's ya whether it's for kids whether it's funny yeah. or whether it's not like that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, you know, that is, you know, the Bible is a collection of stories. The, you know, the, the stories are what we do as, mm -hmm. as humans. The reason we're not cats is because we can tell stories. Right. Um, but so I, I really, you know, I love it. And the business side can, you know, take up too much. It has to take up some of my brain because I'm in business. I'm mm -hmm. in the business of writing books and yeah. um, I want to stay in that business. But, um, but to your point, like when it's, you know, when I finish a project and it's like, do I write what's tugging me and grasping me? Or do I think about what the next most likely commercial possibility is? Like what would be sort of the next logical book to write for Dana Allison Levy, for mm -hmm. Delacorte Press, for middle grade audience? Yeah. And, and I enjoy those books and I, but you know, I do, it is that a little bit of that thought process of, um, and one of the things I write, as I said, I write fast, but I, but that doesn't mean I write a lot. I waste so much time. Mm 
Oh, but welcome I to I waste yeah. so much time. Yeah. I mean, it just is extraordinary how much time I can waste. So I would like to, one of my goals this year is to just push myself a little bit more to, to write more, even if it's on something totally irrational that may never see the light of day, at least, you know, shut down social media, shut down the New York Times, shut down, you know, and just write more. You well, know, you're, you're definitely, so you're definitely tweeting more than you used to. Is that fair to say? Because you were kind uh, of like a Twitter non, not you weren't really a Twitter person three or four years ago when this all started, were you? Probably. Oh, no, certainly not before, right? You know, yeah. I, I only got on Twitter as a as an aspiring to be published person. Right, same with me, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so unlike Facebook, which is like, you know, my cousins and mm-hmm. my high school friends and whatever, Twitter yeah. began as curating lists of like, oh, these are people who post, you know, on blogs about publishing and these are people who are authors who I really like. So from day one, the only world I was really plugged into there is, mm-hmm. is the writerly world. Um, and, and it's a weird place. It's really, it's sort of like stepping into traffic, like you have to time yourself just right to to you know get into a because tw- conversation i don't know it's a weird yeah, thing I don't, I, um yeah i i don't i i but I, I do find it useful sometimes i found it a, a pretty in the past two years it's become a place where um i actively and intentionally seek different voices mm-hmm. um you know whether it's you know uh feminists or black lives matter activists or mm-hmm. you know whatever or lgbtq activists or whatever it is who who are telling me something i don't already know and mm-hmm. i'm spending an awful lot of time listening not so much to their tweets because what can you say in 140 characters but they're linking to articles seek, that i wouldn't necessarily yeah, right. see or they're you know or they're linking to their own blogs or whatever and it's like all right there's there's stuff here worth you know it's not a yeah. total that is not actually a total waste of time because sometimes right. it's like this is how I can live in my little Northeast bubble mm-hmm. and be a little bit more aware. Um, yeah. That's one way to sort of plug in. Yeah. Yeah. That works. But, you know, then I also follow Adventure Cats. Do you know Adventure Cats? <laughs> no. Oh, my don't. gosh. I'll send it to you and you'll be so glad. It's cats that are out um, on usually with a harness and a leash and they hike and they boat and they, like, are out and they're having adventures with their owners. And they're, they're like, people send in their photos of their cats having these grand adventures. And the, the cats appear to enjoy this. They don't look Yes, terrified. they do. Their yeah. tails are yeah. up and their yeah. eyes are bright. And they're um, actually, wait. You have a picture of an adventure? Oh, you have a... I actually saw this as I walked. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> it's right behind us. It is on the bookshelf that we are sitting next to. Yes, your cat can hike, camp, sail, and more. See? They're not paying me for this, by the way. This is not a paid endorsement for Adventure Cats, but I will say when things get a little rough on the Twitter, I'm like, oh, where's the cat? Go go, go to the Adventure Cats. Where's the cat on a leash, like standing on a mountain or in a canoe? Or there's one, there's like a one-eyed cat that surfs. Is that, is that her? Oh, are you the one? Are you the one? I, you are the one eyed <laughs> cat that surfs. Well, I think our work here is done. Yep. The one eyed surfing cat. Yep. She's very cute. Yep. And that was not even planned, but you opened to that page. Nope. I mean, what a good cat. Pretty funny. Anyway, I um, I always have fun talking with you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> this is, um, so this would make a good story someday. Yes, out now out in now. bookstores near you, hopefully. Yeah. Um, shenanigans, train rides, teenagers, teenagers, teenagers yeah, moms, journals, right? and a small um, Roman figurine 
of a little soldier named Bruce who figures in Major League Not Story. Not <laughs> No, actually, Bruce. I thought Guy, isn't Guy? Yes, is, yes, yes, yes. That, but Guy came figure. to France. Oh, I see. <laughs> Dermot came to Ireland. Gotcha. Does his name change, or is he a different figure? Different guy. Oh, a different guy. We have a thematically... I, I, I actually struggled with this. Do you just have one guy that travels the world with you, or do you bring a, a guy that's appropriate to the place? Oh, that's why I say I probably would have gone with the one guy. I know. Well, we yeah. lost... Frankly, <laughs> we didn't lose Guy. He's like holding court on a windowsill in my house currently. Lost in um, Himalaya somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Dermot is still with us. Dermot is a fisherman who came to Newfoundland. You can tell your family of a of a writer. Yeah, right? yeah, I know my poor kids. Um, anyway, um, well, I have such a good time doing this. Thank you. You it may, is... I may have to have you back for a third. I would love to. <laughs> I told you, if I we... ever need a co-host, you're gonna. Yeah, I'm you, you I will. Think of all the ground we can cover. Disgusting parasites, cats, one-eyed cat, cat surfers. one-eyed surfing cats. I mean, and that we have just scratched the we surface. Just, and we haven't even gotten, like, drunk and silly yet. <laughs> no, this is sober and, like, actually focused. Yeah. So you just wait. Yeah, just wait. All you right. just wait. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Dana. Talk soon. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Telling Lies to Children was brought to you by, well, nobody. Just me and my guests. One of the nice things about being completely unknown in the vast world of podcasting is that you don't have to listen to me read 10 minutes worth of ads at the beginning and end of every episode. But I hope you'll check out my website, pauldurhambooks.com. There you can find out more about the Luck Ugly series, you can book a school visit, you can shop the newly opened Dead Fish Inn gift shop, or just reach out and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find links to all of my guests' websites and social media there. So until next time, I wish you happy reading, ugly luck, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. that woke you up. See you next time.